Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 31st of January. Rafael Nadal has made tennis history overnight, winning the Australian Open and becoming the first male player ever to claim 21 Grand Slams. Up against Anil Medvedev, the thriller went for more than five hours before Nadal claimed victory just after 1am this morning. It's the Spanish superstar's 21st Grand Slam title, putting him ahead of Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. One month and a half, probably, I, I will say that maybe there is a chance that that's going to be my, my last Australian Open, but now that's plenty of energy to, to keep going, so thank you very much. It comes after Ash Barty's extraordinary win in the women's finals over the weekend, and we'll have all the details on the historic wins coming up later in sport. In other news this morning, support for the federal government has dropped to its lowest level in four years. The first news poll of the year found the combined Liberal national vote fell two points to 34%, behind Labor at 41%. While support for the Prime Minister has also fallen, with Labor leader Anthony Albanese closing the gap to two points behind Scott Morrison. It comes as the nation saw one of its deadliest weekends so far in the Omicron outbreak, with 183 people dying from COVID across Australia. Meantime, aged care workers are calling for urgent action as the COVID crisis continues to worsen in facilities across the country. It's estimated around 400 aged care residents have died from COVID over just the past month. Caroline Smith from the United Workers Union says the sector is being left behind. Aged care workers are calling on the federal government for the booster program, sufficient PPE, rats tests and a surge workforce. And really, they don't think that's too much to ask given we're two years into a pandemic. Millions of children are heading back to school this week with a number of state and territories adhering to different COVID safe plans. Unlike New South Wales and Victoria, the Queensland government has revealed it won't be COVID testing all students on a regular basis. Term one has been delayed a week and Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk says rapid antigen tests will only be given to students that develop symptoms. Parents have raised with me concerns about how they would administer these tests to their children. If a child is at school and does develop any symptoms, the parents will be called and the parents will be given a rat test to take home with that child. Masks will be mandatory in high schools. Meantime, as the majority of students across New South Wales and Victoria return to classrooms this week, a new study has found one in five parents is nervous about the return to face-to-face learning. But infectious diseases expert Professor Robert Boy has told Channel 7 studies show teachers and children are more likely to catch COVID in the community. We've shown that the risk of transmission with uh, Alpha and Delta were really quite low. Yes, it can spread in schools. Yes, it will spread in schools. But it's behaving more and more like the common cold uh, and not as a deadly virus that parents should get concerned about. Many experts around the world say they're not too concerned at this stage about a new Omicron subvariant that's now been detected in Australia. The new mutation has been found in at least 55 countries around the world, with the greatest number of new infections in Denmark. Early indications are the new variant may be more infectious, but New South Wales Chief Health Officer Kerry Chance says current vaccines should be effective. We know that it is circulating in countries and we've seen it um, grow significantly. So for instance, 
in Denmark, it, it's now the dominant uh, over BA1. Um, but at the moment, we don't see that it's presenting anything different clinically in terms of the severity or its response to vaccines. Today marks two years since the World Health Organization declared COVID a public health emergency. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales and the state government has finally announced the details of a much-needed financial rescue package to help businesses struggling with COVID. Our reporter Sasha Barborgat has the details on the new Job Saver program. It is a massive relief. $1 billion on offer for New South Wales small businesses to help them cover costs brought on by the so-called shadow lockdown from Omicron. $5,000 payments will be available per week to help pay staff. Premier Dominic Perrottet says workers need to come before the budget's bottom line. When we get through this pandemic, what's going to be key and what success looks like uh, uh, is based on the fact we've been able to keep our health system in a very strong position, that we've been able to provide the care, love and support for those who need it. Ultimately, we've kept businesses going and kept people in work. The money on offer is about half of what was there during the Delta wave after Canberra refused a request to split the cost this time. And to WA, where the state government has announced a new crackdown on unvaccinated residents. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has this report from Perth. That's right, Tash. As of today, the unvaccinated are essentially barred from pubs, restaurants, nightclubs and even Perth Zoo. The vaccine mandate comes into play for West Aussies aged 16 and above as Omicron makes its mark. From now on, we'll need to show a proof of vaccination to enter the venues and it's hoped it'll push those who are hesitant to finally roll up their sleeves. Australian Medical Association WA President Dr Mark Duncan-Smith says it's a necessary move. We've got Omicron in the community. It's spreading. And these new restrictions are really designed to protect the unvaccinated. The easiest way for them to get around these is simply to get vaccinated. The easiest way to protect themselves and their loved ones is to get vaccinated. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now, it was a very dramatic and negative five days for stock prices and our super funds last week. So tell us some good news. Is the worst behind us? Well, it's hard. Simply no one knows. The stock's down 2.6% or over 220 points last week. Friday saw a 2.2% bounce back. And then US stocks rebounded 2.4% after that. But futures predict a negative opening for share prices today. This week, local companies start reporting profits and their company outlooks, which need to be better than expected to offset all the fears about rising interest rates. And Peter, talking about increasing interest rates, now despite economists predicting they will increase this year, house price expert CoreLogic thinks prices will still rise this year as well. Yeah, and it's the country's most watched property price monitor. And it says prices might not start to fall until a year after interest rates start to rise, which are expected to be lifted as early as August this year. Home price data shows when interest rates rise, there's a lag before it spooks buyers. And right now, economists think when rates start to rise, it will take a year before they go up by 1%. And also this morning, Peter, airline travel tickets are about 20% more expensive right now. And industry experts say they will stay high until 2023. 
Yeah, to be precise, inflation data from the Australian Federation of Travel Agents says international travel and accommodation costs are 17.2% higher than in December 2019, just before the coronavirus hit the world. Not only are ticket prices more expensive for air travel, there's less discounting and premium brand airlines are preferred by travellers right now. These higher prices are expected to be with us for the next 12 months. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Hamish Finlay. Hamish, good morning. As we reported earlier, Rafa has pulled off a stunning comeback in the Oz Open and made history along the way. What a game. Oh, Tasha couldn't have scripted it better. The uh, Spanish superstar didn't think he'd even make it two months ago after a foot injury, but he's pulled off an epic five-set win over Daniil Medvedev after losing the first two sets. Here's the winning moment. It's 21 for Rafa. And he stands alone at the summit of men's tennis. Well, that uh, match lasting nearly five and a half hours, finishing after 1am at Melbourne Park. So 21 Grand Slams, that means Nadal is now the most successful men's tennis player of all time, winning more major titles than Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. Here's Nadal post-match. One month and a half ago, I didn't know if I will be able to be back on the tour playing tennis again. And today I am here in front of all of you having this trophy with me. And you really don't know how how much I fight to be here. Federer has paid tribute to... To Nadal saying you should never underestimate a great champion. Yeah, well said. Such a great game. And it's been a tough night for our Matildas, Hamish. Yeah, look, they've been bundled out of the Asian Cup, losing to South Korea 1-0 in the quarterfinals. A few controversial decisions by the ref going against them. It was their worst ever performance at the tournament. And it is also considered a major setback ahead of the World Cup, which, of course, Australia will host next year. Uh, just quickly, our women's cricket team has played out a thrilling draw with England in their Ashes test in Canberra. It means the tourists need to win all three upcoming one-dayers to stop the Aussies claiming a fourth straight series win. Hamish, thank you. Thank you, Tash. And while most children and teenagers enjoyed their school holidays from the comfort of home, one six-year-old spent the holidays training to take on Australia's highest mountain in honour of his late mum. Ollie Fernane and his two cousins, aged eight and ten, spent the 26th of January trekking to the summit of Mount Kosciuszko, raising more than $20,000 for a foundation set up in his mum's name, which aims to improve maternity services in regional New South Wales. Ollie's dad, Liam, says there was no whinging from the boys and no sore feet as the trio proudly hiked up the mountain in their Tory Fanane Foundation shirts, people even offering the money as they crossed paths on the way up. Well done, boys. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.